0: the break on dallascowboys.com
2: we were on the break with
0: nick eatman david hellman ambar garcia and Derek eagleton it is april eighth, two 2020 season 16 episode number four welcome to another edition of the break i am live from my home along with dave hellman and nick eatman and amber garcia they are all at their own homes and uh, we're happy you guys took some time to sit down and talk some Cowboys football with us today. Uh, we're going to get into our position series again today and talk a little bit about the linebacker position um, as well as the tight end position. Of course, Amber has a game for us in the uh, second segment, maybe third segment. Not sure how that's going to time out, but uh, we will also get to some of your questions, hopefully. So make sure you hit me up on Twitter. We'll take whatever questions you guys have there um, as we get into the show. How's everybody feeling today? Great.
2: Great, Derek. Awesome.
0: Thank you for bringing the energy and the enthusiasm. It's good to see all you guys. What were you saying, Nick? I just said great, wonderful, awesome,
3: (laughs) outstanding. How far are we going to go with this? That's it. You're a writer. I'm sure you
0: can come up with probably 20 more words at work, right?
3: Not really, though. This is this quarantine stuff. I mean, I'm all that is kind of out the window at this point.
0: Yeah. All right. I got a question for you guys before we get into the Cowboys content. I want you to just tell me one thing you missed the most about being stuck at home and one thing you've kind of gotten used to that you're like, I wish this can kind of go on forever. All right, let's start. Let's start with you, Dave.
2: Uh, I think I said this the first time we did this. Is, it sounds dumb, but I miss driving. Like I actually I just drove to go pick up lunch and like it was so nice to drive around with the windows down and listen to some music and I don't know just feel like I'm going somewhere so I definitely miss just being able to go around in my car Um, honestly I'm really fortunate obviously like it's it's affected everybody's job but like for the most part I can do my job pretty effectively from home so it's cool to just be able to sit on the couch and write stories without having to commute so that's pretty cool
0: you kind of want to keep that up after this is done
2: Maybe on like you know Mondays and Fridays or something like that. Yeah, that would be great.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, Miss Amber, what, what do you what do you miss most, and what do you what do you want to keep after this is done?
4: Well, not to be a copycat, but to be honest, I do miss driving. Prior to this whole thing happening, I was on vacation, so I haven't driven my car for like over two months now, and every time I try to turn it on to get it out of the garage the battery dies so my, I hope my car can survive this crisis um, but aside from that I, just, I enjoy not having to get ready you know just being in the comfort of your own home not having to put makeup on not having to wear certain things that women need to wear to go out so <laughs> just
3: <laughs>
4: you know just being comfortable at home
3: got it Nick um I mean i I miss A lot of things. I mean, one of the things that I've always like, a I always hate is like Thanksgiving night or New Year's Eve or whatever, where you can't go and get something to eat. Like I always hate that. I just like let's get back to normal. Like things aren't open and all that. And that a lot of that's been the way it is for for a long time. So just just the normalcy of you know going. I mean, you can still go get something to eat, but you know just just getting a chance to go and, and do something. That's the biggest thing for me. And then what do I like? I mean. I mean, I guess you know, not having to shower every day. I guess if, you know. Oh my I mean, god. You can, oh but my god. you can, but I'm just saying you don't have to. So,
0: well, yeah. but you, you, you don't, don't have, have a wife and a family, so maybe it'd be good on yeah. their behalf for you to. You just saying, out.
3: I'm just saying you don't have to, but but yeah, <laughs> you still you still do. But I mean, I still find myself waking up at the same time, so yeah. that, I can't say that's been much different. I just wish yeah. I knew what day it is. I know
0: so. it's all running together. It's interesting you brought up food because y'all know how much I love food. Like, I'm, I'm addicted to food. And uh, it's one of those things right now. I'm dying not being able to just, whatever I have a taste for, run out and grab it. Like, I was, like, probably the first week we were here, like, I was, I convinced my wife that food was considered necessary. So, I just needed to go out every meal and go get something. But she shut that down pretty quick. Mm. And now I'm just eating whatever we have for the house. So, mm. that's pretty bad for me. But I will say this. I am not missing having to get up in the morning and get dressed to go to work. Like, having a sport coat on all day, like, I don't want to go back to that. I'm very happy with shorts or whatever I decide to roll into my office with to, to be able to work. So, uh, But anyway, this is, uh, this is an interesting time, I'm sure, for everybody. I'm sure everybody out there listening has some of those similar things that they're dealing with. And uh, so, we hopefully, hopefully uh, this next hour that we're with you guys, we can bring you a little bit of levity and you can have a little fun uh, talking a little Cowboys football. Let's jump into our conversation today around our position series. Um, we talked last week, we got this going. Uh, this week, we want to move on to the linebacker position and also the tight end position. Let's start first with the linebacker position. Um, it, it's interesting that, that this is a position where it looks like the Cowboys really didn't do a whole lot, they didn't change a whole lot. Um, they had a lot of free agents going into the offseason, but ironically, they kept pretty much all of it the same, agreeing to a one year deal with Sean Lee. Uh, Justin March is another guy they agreed to a one-year deal with. Joe Thomas another guy they did a a one-year deal with. Um, So just just from an overall perspective, how do you think they're matching up right now with the personnel? Is it pretty much going to be the same? Uh, Is it something that you see in what they did uh, in keeping them together that may make it better? Or do you think it may be worse because they kept all those guys together? Let's start first with you, Amber.
4: You know what, what's interesting is last year we, we kept talking about whether or not this was a talented group, you know, that that was the question. Are they really t- talented or are they just really not good enough? And to me, I do believe this whole group is talented. They just need to combine it uh, with the right kind of coaching and just having some different kind of mentality in there, which they're going to have with the coaching changes. But. You know, I'm expecting Leighton Van Der Esch to be able to recover fully from what I'm hearing. So I do expect to uh, for this group to kind of go back from start. Hopefully, Jalen Smith can look at last year and kind of humble himself down and watch what he was able to make last year and kind of you know go back to two years ago and 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 spark up the defense once again.
3: Nick, I think you know it. They have made a, a lot or made sure that they they kept all those guys uh, from the top to the bottom. you know, so the continuity is there. But the interesting part about the linebacker position is that there's still so many question marks. And so um, yes, you've got you've got all the guys that you had before, but you know you still don't know exactly what you're going to get. From Jalen Smith or or Leighton Vanderess coming back from the injury, or and I say that about Jalen Smith because I think that they need to figure out exactly where they want to play him and what where the best fit is going to be for him. I think that's the biggest priority for Mike Nolan on the defense this year is figuring out where to play Jalen. But Sean Lee, can he stay healthy? What does he have left in the tank? You know, and those in those backups as well. So I, yes, a lot of continuity stays the same, but their coach is different, and you know who who knows what you're going to get out of these guys. Okay.
2: It's really weird how good I feel about the position, considering how mediocre it was last year. Um, but I, I like the continuity. I mean, you just spent the first-round pick on Leighton Van Der Esch, uh, Jalen Smith. You know, definitely not a great season, but he was he was adequate. And not only I agree with Nick completely. I think figuring out what to do with Jalen should be Mike Nolan's number one priority. The guy also has an extensive background coaching defense and linebackers specifically. That's what he was doing in New Orleans before Mike McCarthy hired him away. Uh, So I like Mike Nolan's potential to bring that out of Jalen Smith. Then there's the factor of, you know, what exactly is this defense going to look like? Um, You know, if you follow follow DallasCowboys.com, you're probably aware that the front office made available an interview with Zach Bond yesterday. And today it was Kenneth Murray. Those are two very different types of linebackers, but they're both linebackers. So does it mean they're going to draft one of them? No, but based on those conversations, the Cowboys could have a completely different idea of what their linebacker core is going to look like. I mean, I don't anticipate that they would make a move to a three, four immediately, but it's something that they could do if they added the right personnel or at the very least look a lot more multiple. So um, I like the guys that are in place. Sean Lee was great as a depth piece last year. I think he can do that again this year. Um, but I am intrigued if it's going to look exactly the same.
0: Let's uh, let's dive into some of those topics that you all mentioned throughout your your uh, your opening statement. Let's talk about the uh, about Leighton. Um, he's coming off a neck surgery. Uh, what we've heard from the organization is that everything appears to be fine. He looks like he's going to be ready to go at whatever point this thing gets going. That being said. How comfortable do you guys feel um, if there should be uh, if if there should be a setback for him? How comfortable do you feel with Sean Lee being your primary guy that will be taking those snaps and now pe- playing a full load this season? Let's say if, if he gets a setback, playing that full load for for an extended period of time.
3: Let's start with you, Nick. Not comfortable, really, at, at all with that. Um. And I, you know, I think that it's important that they signed uh, Joe Thomas. I think Joe, but Joe's got to stay healthy as well. But I mean, he he's a really good backup to have in there. Um, I think the combination of Sean Lee and, and Joe Thomas uh, would help. I still think that you, you need to draft someone. I don't know where it'll fit, but but I don't think that you get too far into the second, third, fourth round if there's one on the table that you really like. I, I don't see how the Cowboys. Could pass on a linebacker uh, just with, like I said, all the uncertainty that you have starting with Layton and then all the way down. Dave? I honestly, I feel better about it
2: than most. And I definitely, I do not implicitly trust the Cowboys that Layton Vander Esch is fine. But at the same time, I don't know, You to some degree, you have to be willing to have faith. Like I said, I mean, the guy's entering his third season, they just made him a first round pick. I haven't seen enough to make me think that I need to move on from that or worry about it. Uh, so I'm comfortable assuming he can start for me. And then I'm very comfortable with Sean Lee as a backup. I mean, that's what he did last year, and he was fantastic. Throw Joe Thomas in there as an additional safety blanket. I feel perfectly fine about it for 2020. I do agree. I mean, you could always look to improve your depth in the draft, especially for guys with injury problems like Sean and Layton. Um But I don't feel as panicky about it as a lot of people seem to. Amber?
4: I'm kind of in between, right in the middle. You know, obviously I'm not going to feel super comfortable thinking that everything's going to be fine and you have Sean Lee as a backup. You know, obviously I love Sean Lee. He's my favorite favorite player on the team, and I will be always rooting for him. But we do know his... Uh, injury list and his history there. And then with Leighton Manderesh, he's been dealing with the neck thing since forever. Uh, last year it kind of got worse and that happened and he was out basically the whole year. But I, I don't know. I think that last year is an example of how the Cowboys shoot, like an early warning to prepare now, you know, get an extra guy in there aside from Joe Thomas, get somebody else that can Kind of help you, and, and you can start training early on in case something was to happen and things were to get worse, and then Sean Lee, God forbid, got goes down as well. You know that there is someone there. Um, um, what was the linebacker guy? I like him too from last year. He got injured. Um,
0: Gifford. Gifford, Gifford,
4: Gifford, Luke Gifford. Yeah. Yes. And we'll Luke talk Luke about him a
0: little bit. Yeah.
4: Yeah, but hopefully, hopefully he can start you know getting healthy again and being able to get some reps and and develop into something that the cowboys can be able to use this upcoming year
0: all right let's flip over the conversation to Jalen smith i think it's uh, no surprise or, or i don't think i'm speaking out of turn to say that Jalen struggled sometimes last year in coverage particularly that being said do you think that's a sign of things to come, or do you think that's something that was an aberration? You expect him to be much better this year. I'll harken back to uh, Roy Williams and, and Nick. You were around and covering at that time, and I'm talking about Roy Williams, a safety. We started to see this kind of this this snowball that started to grow, where teams were recognizing that he was a liability for the Cowboys in pass coverage, and that got worse and worse and worse and until the point where it was just it was just something that the Cowboys really couldn't
3: protect him from do you see it as that kind of situation or do you think it was just an aberration for him last year well i mean i think linebackers are not you know are, are not supposed to be covering wide receivers or or tight ends i mean there's not any linebacker that that's probably good enough to to do that um, so or they would probably be a safety if they really could so it's all about the mismatches it's it's figuring out offensive coordinators Figuring out the scheme, and you got to remember how many times did we hear that that players would say Rod Marinelli's scheme is really easy to learn. Well, if it's really easy for someone to learn, it's really easy for the offensive coordinator to figure it out too. And so, I think that they just got to figure out ways that they don't put their players in bad situations. Um, th- Every team in the league would want to match up their slot receiver or or an athletic tight end against a linebacker. The Cowboys have to figure out ways that they can put Jalen in the right spot and not leave him into that situation because, no, I don't think he can cover uh, very well, especially um, the really athletic tight ends. Amber, what you got?
4: Well, (laughs) it's so hard for me to keep my – My personal opinions of the guy off off the field, from the guy that's on the field. It's so hard. But like I said earlier on, I think one thing that plays a big role is um, how you conduct yourself, your behavior. And, And hopefully this past year he was able to take a step back, look at what he did last year, and get humble humble yourself down and that should hopefully put him back in the right path into performing better on the field you know uh but this one's hard for me because it's hard for me to separate my emotions from it
2: (laughs) dave (laughs) that was so diplomatic amber um (laughs) (laughs) i i i lean toward what nick said honestly a big a big talking point that i was going to bring up i've been thinking about it all offseason is you know, Jalen was not as active in the offseason program last year as you would expect because he was finishing his degree at Notre Dame. And in my head, I was like, well, you know, he'll, he'll be back at the facility. He'll have a more complete program this year. And, you know, hopefully that'll make a difference in his level of play. Obviously, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, so for me, I go back to Mike Nolan. I would, I would hope that a guy with 32 years of NFL coaching experience Uh, can maximize his skill set. I think Jalen's great when he's moving toward the line of scrimmage. So find ways to maximize that. Use him as a rusher more. Use him as a blitzer more. Maybe even, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't like this, but if you have to, get him off the field on third down. Um, Whatever you got to do to limit teams' abilities to take advantage of that. Um, And I, I trust Mike Nolan to do that. And... I trust Jalen to just also be better in 2022 so it's kind of like Layton I'm you know last year was concerning but I'm not I'm not overly worried about it yet because I do think there's plenty of room for improvement
3: you know and it's not just Jalen Smith as far as you know guys that you would want in the offseason program I mean I know uh, uh, Amber just mentioned Luke Gifford. There's so many players, especially we always talk about year one to year two, just how important uh, it is to, to make that jump. Well, usually it's because it's the weight room. I would love to have seen what Tristan Hill, Jalen Jelks, um, you know, Luke Gifford, uh, Connor McGovern, those guys, what they would look like. here. And they still can. It's not like they, they can't work. I don't know. I don't know where these guys are working out, honestly. So, um, but that's, yeah, I mean, that's, the Cowboys I mean sh- sh- sorry, Nate, I just, it's interesting
2: because if you're on your second contract, I saw Zach Martin on the radio yesterday said he's got a gym at his house. Obviously he's on a huge contract, but right. can a guy on a rookie contract afford to build his own gym in his house. I don't know. I mean, it's probably got like a bow flex or something, but it's not quite the same as <laughs> as what the Cowboys have at their facility. So I think, I mean, that's a really good question about what a shaker you know, weight. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure those guys have workout equipment at home, but
3: Maybe know. maybe they're doing like push-ups every ten minutes or something like that. <laughs> right. They could they do have. that. It's a great right, way to works. get
2: yoked. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Maximize here. Oh, baby, pull out the weights. There we go. <laughs> well, let's just keep it up with tradition. <laughs> yeah you use whatever you got right whatever hey, you got the good thing is is that i i use this every time the good thing is it's still wrapped so it's not like a, that's a good
0: sign yeah yeah so. you're not running out any time soon i actually may be over a little later to try to get some because we all know it's getting it's getting a little bit worrisome over here not is not it, there yet but we're TMI, starting to worry a little TMI, bit we'll see dmi yeah maybe a little bit too much
4: <laughs> you have water um, and soap okay
0: yeah right <laughs> all right, so we're going to take we're going to take our first break. We come back. I do want to jump a little bit into that conversation on Luke Gifford. He was a guy that we all liked a lot during training camp last year, and uh, I'll be interested to see what you guys have to say about what you think he can become this next season. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
1: Your new apartment's
2: big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay. What's not too. It's right above the subway.
1: Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's
2: my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Do you want the most interesting up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right. News and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers. Secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys.
1: Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this... Download the Seek Geek app and let's go.
2: Tumblers at OtterBox.com. Back to the break.
0: Here at the Cowboys, we can't wait to get back on the field. And we know you can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to cheer us on. When the time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your Cowboys tickets, plus tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events we'll be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means... You'll get your money back in your if, to your event if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Seat Geek, Let's go. All right. Welcome back to the show. We appreciate you guys joining us. We're at our homes. We're talking some Cowboys football. Today we're continuing our position series. We're talking about the linebacker position. Uh, a name that came up a little earlier in the show is one I want to tar- target right now. Luke Gifford. He was a guy that, uh, that we all uh, liked what we were seeing last year from him during training camp. Uh, and then he gets hurt, and we don't get to see him again uh, the rest of the season. Talk to me about what you saw from him at the time and, and where you think that could possibly go this year. Does he have an opportunity maybe to challenge one of the guys that are the top three linebackers at the position uh, to maybe get some playing time during the regular season, or is he just going to be more of a special teams type guy? Let's start first with you, Dave. I,
2: just as a general rule, I try to avoid having expectations for anybody that was like drafted after like the fourth round like if you're a fixed fifth sixth seventh round pick or an undrafted free agent i mean anything you can give me is great but i don't have these like crazy expectations that luke gifford is going to unseat first round pick Layton van Der esch 65 million dollar man jalen smith or you know 10-year veteran sean lee i i don't see that unless there's a crazy rash of injuries um I expect that he'll make the team and i think he's got the potential to be a good player but beyond that i'll just wait and see what he can show me amber
4: i think he'll definitely make the team um he's a guy that they can develop into something again we didn't get to see much from him but me what i like from him is his build he has that linebacker build. he fits perfectly with that mold that the rest of these linebacker group have. So, at least he has that. We, unfortunately, I was hoping to get to see more from him last year, but that didn't happen. Now, I don't think he, he'll he get much chances to be playing on the field uh, to fill in for any of those guys unless there are injuries that happen and then maybe then he can get to showcase a little bit of his work and hopefully that's the thing too is unless you get playing time it's very hard for these guys to develop into someone that they can use for later on so I would like for them to hopefully get to use him a lot during um, the preseason give him a ton of work just to see what he can do during that time and see if that's someone that they definitely should keep for the future
3: Nick? I just like his instincts I think that he he, you know, like like uh, Amber said that you know he does have the look for a linebacker, uh, but he also has has really good instincts. We saw that he did just enough before he got hurt to 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 show that he was making progress, and then he did just, just enough in that game that he played, gets the interception, makes another tackle, and then that was enough for him to make the team. So, uh, you know, he he does take advantage of the opportunity. He was pretty good at times on, on and, um, when he came back from injury on special teams. But, you know, I just think that he needs a good off season here, and, you know, it's going to be hard for that to happen. But, um, you know, I think that he's, he's got a spot. I don't know about competing for a starting uh, job. But then, then again, like, it's hard to tell what the scheme and, and what, you know, this coaching staff likes from these linebackers. So um, there could be uh, something we don't even know about with him. And, and that's assuming that they stay in a four-three. I mean, if if they do move to a three-four, which I don't think that's going to happen, but if they do it at times, you know, there there could be a different fit for him as well. It's interesting. You look
0: at this uh, this court, this group. You've got Sean Lee on a one-year deal. You got Justin March on a one-year deal. You got Joe Thomas on a one-year deal. Um, I think it's pretty pretty safe to say that the Cowboys should be looking at. Uh, a draft pick because they may need them after this year. Luke Gifford becomes another guy that has an opportunity because again all these guys are on one year deals. Right. That being said, let's talk about some names. Dave, you do the draft show here every week. Give yes. us a couple names of some linebackers in the draft. Uh you mentioned a couple already, but some linebackers that might make sense at areas where the Cowboys would be drafting and would realistically look at a linebacker.
2: Yeah, th- I mean that's that's an interesting question to Nick's point is like what do you What do you want this linebacker core to look like? Because, like, if you're going to trot out the regular old 4-3 or 4-2 for nickel that we've gotten used to, like, if you're going to use a big pick on a linebacker in that scheme, that, to me, says something troublesome about Leighton Vander Esch, which is why I lean toward thinking, like, day three picks. But then you think about being multiple, maybe not transitioning to a 3-4, but just being as multiple as possible, you could draft... More of a rush linebacker like Wisconsin's Zach Bond, who they just talked to. Kenneth Murray is intriguing. If they were going to draft him, I would assume it would be to play on the inside. He could pair with somebody as your middle two linebackers in a 3-4. So it's interesting to think what they would want to do with that. Um, First round picks, you could draft Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma or Patrick Queen out of LSU. I don't think it's particularly necessary, but if they wanted to run 3-4 personnel, they could. Um, A guy that I really like that you could get like second or third round is Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech. Um, Who else we got here? Uh, I know a lot of people talk about Willie Gay out of Mississippi State. Again, that's that's a guy you'd probably have to draft with the 51st overall pick, second round. Just seems awfully rich for me. Um, But... I'm curious to see how they would want to do it. I mean, if they were going to draft Kenneth Murray, I'd be interested to see what their game plan is and how they would want to do that.
3: Yeah, I so, mean, the, the, there has been a, li, a little bit of a talk, you know, more and more about the 3-4, mainly because nobody's telling us, you know, that that's not the case. I mean, and, you know, all, all people are doing right now are speculating. and Anytime you, you mention Randy Gregory or – Alden Smith, you know, these guys fit that, that you know, mold of a 3-4. Don Terry Poe certainly does as well. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that's the way the Cowboys are going to go, but but they have enough players where you can go and interchange the 3-4 and the 4-3 in the middle of the game. Uh, the, the Patriots have done that better than anybody, and I think that you, you'll see, and the Packers have done that, you'll see that the, the Cowboys will probably try to do that with the personnel that they've got.
0: All right, so real quick, here's the final question on linebackers. I need each of you to give me one of these three answers. Regarding the linebacker position, is it among the best position groups that the Cowboys have? Are they just okay, or does this group need help? Let's start with you, Amber.
4: <laughs> what was the last one, or do they need help?
0: Best, okay, or they need help?
4: Um, I don't know about best. I mean, they need a little help. I'm just curious. I really don't know what to expect from this coaching staff because it's so different and so new to what I've been used to seeing in the past. So I'm curious to see how how much that, uh, what an impact that has on this whole linebacker group and the defense as a whole. But they do have the talent. I do believe this is a talented group. You got Jalen Smith, he's talented. He just needs to clean up his game and and make it, you know, stop the celebrations when it's not needed. Just Keep giving it your all, but you know what I'm trying to say here. Anyways, yeah. Sean Lee, he's a guy that has it all. He just needs to stay healthy. Late, uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, just come back healthy. He definitely showed to have what it takes, obviously, to cover Sean Lee's job and kept it. So this is definitely a talented group. They just need to clean up the game and hopefully this coaching staff can can revive that energy and just make it all piece together again.
0: So is the position group among the best? Are they okay, or are they? Do they need help?
4: They they need help. I mean, clearly from last year, based on last year, they need help. Now I think we'll see what the coaching staff does, and if that was the kind of help that they needed. If you're talking about player wise, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about personnel wise.
0: I'm talking about personnel wise. Are they among the best? Is their position group among the best? Is their position group just okay? They'll they'll do, or it, do they still need more help? That you know, that, from where they are right now,
4: they need more help.
3: All they right. need more N-
4: help, and I don't trust the injuries, honestly.
3: All right. Um, honestly, this this answer is all three. They are the best because they're the only group that all three of the starters are all hundred percent of the starters have made a Pro Bowl. So from uh, from what they've accomplished. They are the best, but the problem is, is that sometimes they're just okay, and because of that, because they have a lot invested in it, and they're just okay. Yes, they need help. So I'm going to say yes to all of them. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's that's the case. I mean, they they are accomplished, but they don't always play up to that par, which makes them just okay. Which means, and all those one year contracts from the back end, you know, I think yeah, they, they need to make sure and get some help. I, I agree with Dave. I think the third or fourth round. Um, well, I don't know if he said that, but you know, he doesn't say hi first and second round. Third or fourth round would be I would where I would start looking for value at linebacker. Alright, Dave.
2: I I it feels kind of knee-jerk to me. Like this time last year we would have said this was the second best position group on the entire team, uh, behind the offensive line. And all of that talent is still there. There's definitely concerns. I'm not trying to convince anybody that there's not, but I have faith that this can still be a highly effective unit. Um, any of my, most of my concerns are just about the future, which I completely agree with Nick. If there's a guy worth grabbing on day three, like they did so good in back-to-back years drafting Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson in the fourth round, I would do something like that. Uh, if you're looking, I know I threw out some names earlier, but like day three names. Look up Davion Taylor out of Colorado. Uh, my guy, Jacob Phillips out of LSU, I think could be a steal. And then, um, <laughs> no, I am de- I know, I know, I'm a homer, but he's, he's a freaking, he's a super good player. You can take my word for it. Uh, another one of your guys, yeah. Evan Weaver out of Cal is another one. He is not an impressive <laughs> athlete. Yes. He's not an impressive athlete, but he makes every tackle in the world. Um.
3: I no, would dra- I've I would- actually seen that guy. Was, wasn't he a defensive lineman like in college, or did he always he's play a- – or is he like a 3-4 linebacker?
2: He's a hybrid linebacker. He wore like 99 in college, which made him look like a D lineman, right. but he's a – I mean, he's a. He's an off-ball linebacker. Um just, a just player. A guy like that in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round, just to keep the depth churning and have a long-term option, that's what I would do.
0: Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and flip, flip over to the t- tight end position and see what we can get out of that before we have to go to our second break. Uh, again, this is a position that's seen quite a bit of change, uh, the no- most noticeable one being Jason Witten now no longer being with the team. Uh, we talked last week. And I think we all answered the question of whether we think it was a big loss or not. My question for you this week is how does it change or do you think it will change how they play offense? Uh, do you think that you might see a little more or a little less two tight end sets. Do you see a little bit more, a little bit less passing with Jason Witt no longer in the mix? How do you think they'll be, uh, what do you think the changes will look like? Let's
3: start first with you, Nick. You know, I had a good conversation with uh, Bucky Brooks, who's been doing a lot of work with us. Uh, If you've seen on the site, some scouting reports and stuff, and and, and he he actually has another one coming up here in the near future about... McCarthy and his history with tight ends and just the type of tight ends that they like to use uh, a lot more athletic uh, a lot more of an athletic build for, for that position and kind of why why does he want to stretch him out what is he trying to do with all these mismatches and so uh, just you know that alone I, I think Blake Jarvin will give you a little bit more mismatches you know Jason Witten wasn't there anymore with with anybody that you were you know that was really worried about him as a, as a route runner. Um, but I just think that when it comes to it I, I think that they'd still need a little bit of help there um, if I could pronounce his name I would throw it out there but I is it Cole hikatini Watch yes. out for him he was on the practice squad last year Watch out for him as a guy that, that could that could maybe unseat Dalton Schultz's role I think that I think he might have a good chance to make the team all right amber.
4: So right now the Cowboys have what? Blake Jarwin, Blake Bell, the guy they just signed, yep. Dalton Schultz, and then that guy you mentioned?
3: Yeah, I mean, Hikatini was on the practice squad. Yeah. And
4: then that's basically it. Honestly, yeah. I mean,
3: Rico? No. <laughs> that,
4: give it another try. No, but I I think, you know, I am hap- I'm confident on what Blake Jarwin can bring to the game. I think that given the chance and given more reps, he can become into a better player and do more for you and and for the offense. But as far as bodies and experience, I don't feel a, a ton. Like, I don't feel that great. I think that Dak needs the help. To me, the quarterback that I've seen from him is like, he, he's the type of quarterback that needs all the help that he can get from those elements of the offense. So, he definitely needs on a, uh, he needs a tight end that he can trust. He, like, Jarwin has shown to be that. But, for example, when you talk about Dalton Schultz, a guy that they drafted a couple years ago, I, I don't think he's a guy... Honestly, I don't remember anything from Dalton Schultz. I don't remember a single play, to be honest. I don't think he's done Arizona. much. And that what?
2: There isn't one.
4: <laughs> well, there you go. I don't. I, I. think I'm ready to move on from that and bring someone else. I think that they can definitely get a guy from the draft and, and have him compete with Schultz for a spot, and that's easy to do based on what we've seen in the past. So, um, as of right now, I don't feel super excited about the tight end position, but I have hopes in Blake Jarwin and what he can do in the future.
2: All right, Dave. Uh, I'm intrigued and excited because I I don't, I mean, this sounds harsh to say about Jason Witten. He was was fine last year and in the final few years of his career, but like it's not like the tight end position has just been this like crazy boon of productivity for the last five years. So I don't think there's anywhere for it to go but up. Uh, We talked last week, you know, I don't think Jarwin is Travis Kelsey, but he can stretch the defense, he can get downfield. We've seen him thrive in the seam. He's great after the catch. All of that's really intriguing. And then Blake Bell really interests me because of how versatile he is. Uh, you know, obviously he's played tight end in the league, but I'm very confident he could do some H-back stuff. And obviously he's got a history playing quarterback, so there's like the added element of the unknown. Not that he's going to play significant reps, but I don't know. You could probably do some fun stuff in the goal line and short yardage situations with a guy like that. So I'm intrigued. Um, it's definitely it's not a strength of this team, but it'll be new and athletic, which is what they haven't had in a while. So that's a, uh, I'm optimistic to see what that looks like.
0: Talk to me a little bit about Dalton Schultz. He's a guy that the Cowboys draft a few years ago um, last year – I mean, I I don't know. I still haven't seen a lot from him that suggests to me that he's going to be a a real player in this league. Have you guys seen anything that suggests uh, that he's a guy maybe for the future for the Cowboys or the future would be now for him?
3: Uh, There's opportunity there that he could jump up and seize. Let's start with – yeah, go ahead, Nick. No, I don't think so. I mean, I figured this has to be me or Dave uh, about what we've seen because – Clearly, you know, she hasn't seen anything. Who has? I mean, really. I mean, it's not it's – not, yeah, She already told not, us
0: how she felt about Well,
3: that. I mean, but it's not wrong. I mean, like he, he really hasn't From a, for a fourth-round pick, you know, and, and he didn't contribute a whole lot on special teams either. So, you know, for him, getting stronger was, was the – you know what he needed to do he needed to to get to get stronger so he could be an adequate backup tight end that second tight end has got to be a guy that that could be out on the field to in short yardage to help block and, and not be a liability so you know he's had an interesting career so far just because you know he got caught up in the he was drafted but yet some people wanted rico and so what do they do with these third and fourth tight ends and He played half the snaps he probably should because Rico was getting some, so he kind of kind of got caught up in all that. But if he was clearly better, he would have played, and he wasn't. So that's. But you you see,
4: you know, when we talked about Luke Gifford earlier, he's a guy that we didn't really get to see much of it. But when we did, we saw sparks of it. With Dalton, I feel like I I never got to see a spark, not even a training cap. I never got to see something that made me want to keep seeing more or, you know, feeling like, oh, you know what? Maybe if they give him more reps, he can turn into this. I never got any of that from the times that I did get to watch him.
2: Yeah. You guys say, think that the sign? Go ahead. No, I'm so I, I'll say this. And we Nick has brought it up before is just I can't, I can't rule anything out just because of the change in coaching staff. So... You know, Mike McCarthy and and his staff could look at Dalton Schultz and be like, Jesus, why did these guys have you doing this stuff? Like, we got a completely different idea of what we think you should be doing. Having said that, if you're you're a fourth-round pick, I expect to have seen something intriguing from you in two years. Um, So the fact that I haven't doesn't make me optimistic, but, uh, you know, maybe a new coaching staff can turn things around for him.
0: Yeah, I actually think about that from the standpoint of what what was being said earlier, Nick, that you said Bucky Brooks talked about and how Mike McCarthy likes athletic tight ends. If he has that level of athleticism, my question would be why wouldn't we have seen that in some way over these years? And I don't know that I can remember a moment even in training camp or practices where I've seen Dalton Schultz show me a certain level of athleticism that made me think he's a really athletic guy that maybe just wasn't being used in the right way. And quite frankly the fact that they signed Blake Bell suggested to me that's even more of a reason why they felt like they needed a real second tight end, somebody who could legitimately be a good blocker for them. Um, And I think you're going to actually end up seeing Blake Bell be your second tight end way more than you're going to see Dalton Schultz. And that, to me, is an indictment on kind of who he is and and maybe what they expect from him going forward.
3: All
0: right, let's go ahead and take our final break when we come back. Amber has a game for us. We're going to have some fun here in this final segment. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
1: the Geek app and let's go. Geek. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere
2: today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Eh, uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... right above the subway!
1: Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the...
2: That's my neighbor! The deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019.
3: Back to the break. This season we're celebrating our Cowboys 60th birthday and we know you all have birthdays to celebrate too. Some more than others. So our partners at Main Event are going to help. They have a new platform called Birthday With Me to celebrate at home on Instagram each day at 2 p.m. They've got cakes, candles, singing happy birthday, everything you need. So follow Main Event on Instagram and tune into their live story at 2 p.m. each day to celebrate with others.
0: Alright, welcome back. We are in the final segment of the break. We are live. We are not in the SWBC Mortgage Studios, although we wish we were. We are at our homes. We are uh, tucked in safely. We're talking Cowboys football. In this final segment, Amber has a game for us. Amber, let's go.
4: Alright, we're bringing back a little C or no for you guys. Some people have, have been asking for it, so let's get right into it. Will the Cowboys go after a veteran quarterback? See or no?
3: No. 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 <laughs> they, would, they would have already, right? They would have already done it. Well, hold There's on. There's still
0: some out there. Hold I on. Mean,
3: when they they might they I mean they get to practice and these guys see like ah uh, maybe they don't like what Cooper Rush has or doesn't you have. You never
4: know. Towards the end of training you know, camp.
0: That's, yeah, that's actually a good point, Nick. Because I keep I keep just falling into this fallacy of. Well, they don't do that. They, they love right. Cooper Rush. And I forget the fact that they are no longer here. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, may, maybe they do Maybe they do get into some practices and start realizing that maybe Cooper Rush isn't necessarily what they want from a backup. Or maybe they feel like they need a little more insurance in the event that goes down. They want to keep developing Cooper Rush, but they want somebody else to be their, their primary backup. Right.
3: Let's see what happens we'll in the draft. If- Go ahead.
2: I hate myself for even saying this out loud uh, i I'm like the conductor of the DAC train. I firmly believe uh, he needs to be paid but like what's going on with cam Newton what's what's the deal here
3: like why oh, really why? <laughs> I, wow
2: I'm wow. Just, I, I'm just, <laughs> there's my
3: headline for the for the art show. Right, I, we're gonna go all in on that.
2: <laughs> I'm just curious why a former NFL MVP, who is only 31, can't find a job. Like that's crazy to me. And I know he was hurt, and I know he more than anybody needs to be healthy to be effective because mobility is such a big part of his game. But like nobody even wants to kick the tires on an NFL MVP. And I don't think you it know makes... I'm,
3: I... how ahead. expensive are the tires.
2: Well. I I don't know. I mean, I'd rather have Cam Newton than Nick Foles, right? Am I crazy?
0: Well, but here's the deal. I think that's the interesting part about it is I think, yes, he is a a better quarterback than a lot of quarterbacks around the NFL. I think the issue for him becomes, like Nick says, obviously the price tag is part of it. But the second part of it is your offense has to change if you're going to be able to best utilize the skill set that that he brings to the table, and I don't know that every coach is willing to say we're going to totally revamp what we do. Not let alone we have the right personnel to match up with that. But you have to kind of change what you do because this skill set is not your is not. I don't think if you're going to utilize his skills very well, at least what he's been so far in his career, I think you have to change things up. And I don't know that everybody's willing to do that.
3: And and also, I don't think he can continue to play at that, what he's done and continue to play in this league three or four more years doing that type of being another running back out there like i think he would have to to be more of a pocket passer guy and that's really not his thing either so uh he's kind of in a, a little bit of a crossroads of his career of like does he want to continue to, to do that because that's what's been banging him up is is just the way he plays he does not play like a quarterback he plays like a you know bulldog bulldozing running back and you know he catches up to everybody
2: I am not saying that I think the Cowboys should do this. I think they should pay Dak Prescott. I can't believe it hasn't happened by now. But I am at least a little bit intrigued by the idea of paying Cam Newton a lot less and building up the team around him and actively try to draft a quarterback while he's doing that. If he's not good, then, you know, you're you're spending first, second, or third round picks on quarterbacks the next few years. That's what oh. makes it scary. That's why the Cowboys shouldn't do it. But if you told me that I could sign Cam for like I don't know somewhere between twenty and twenty eight mil a year, I don't what, know what makes you think that Cam's going to be that Cam's
0: going to be a lot less.
2: That's a good question. I mean, I I don't have an answer to that because he's out of work and the market's dried up. That's all. Like, I mean, you're right. I mean, the guy's been to however many Pro Bowls and won an NFL MVP. Like, he should be able to command a lot more, but he's sitting out there unemployed right now. So, yeah, I I just look at it as I
0: think no matter what, I think a lot of these guys, especially guys, and rightfully so for a guy like Cam. Cam is a former MVP. He's taken his team to a Super Bowl. I don't think he necessarily is the type of guy that's just going to settle because he's on the street right now. I think he'll probably wait it out as he should and and get not maybe not max value but certainly get good value. I don't think I don't think de- he would end up in a situation where he's taking 20-28 million dollars a year. I think you might be able to get him for 32,
3: maybe 33, but I don't yeah. think he's going to be coming in really really cheap for who he is. I don't know about that, dude. Thirty-two or thirty-three. I mean, those those averages are based off of four to five year deals. If he doesn't get something like that, I don't think he's going to get a one year, thirty-two. I mean, I I don't even know if that. Yeah, I just don't know if the Cowboys are going to continue to 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 do that with Dak on this one year. Thirty-two. I, I don't even see that happening. But I think yeah. what Cam will do is sit there and wait for that one quarterback to get hurt because there will be one or two. And then when that happens, it'll be like, oh, do they go get Cam because so and so just got injured?
2: Like I said, I still think paying Dak is the right course of action. But that is one situation. Like it just—it's interesting to me. Like I think you could build a winning football team around Cam Newton. And I think it's, uh, even at this point of his career, I think you could. And I think it's weird that nobody seems to want him right now.
0: Definitely agreed there. I agree that, with that.
4: Well, another guy that nobody seems to want right now, but a guy that I need to bring up once again, because a lot of people send me this question, is this Brian, especially after no, all no, these no, no, no. social media videos that have been going out of him practicing with Dak Prescott catching some passes. Shoot, the Cowboys sign Dez. See or no? Uh,
3: no. <sighs> no. No, they shouldn't. No. They shouldn't. They don't need that guy. They 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 don't need him. Hmm. Let's I mean he was mean, a declining I mean, He was a declining player before a torn Achilles injury. I I just what what makes you think that he's going to be a he's going to have a resurgence now i, I and he hasn't shown the ability to be this guy that is great in the locker room and he's going to be okay with one pass for six yards and a loss that that doesn't seem to be like a guy that the cowboys would need i will say
0: this though i i don't know that i i, I give everybody room to change and grow And maybe he has a different mindset now than he had when he was a younger player. Uh, That happens to a lot of us. We grow up, we become a little more mature. We have a little different outlook on things. But I just look at it and say, I don't know that practically it fits. Right now, if you look at the receiving position, you think the Cowboys need depth. You think the Cowboys need a slot receiver. I don't think Dez provides either one of those two things. And when I talk about depth, I'm talking about also, can a guy play special teams? We know Dez will not be playing special teams. So... Are you telling me that you're gonna have you're gonna add another guy that might be fourth on your on your depth chart that doesn't play special teams? I just I don't see where there's a good fit here unless something happens to one of your top two receivers and you feel like for whatever reason Dez can play that role. I don't think Des comes in and immediately becomes a, a slot receiver when that's not something he's traditionally done. Um, I don't think he's gonna be your fourth guy because I don't think he can play special teams. So I don't think there's a fit for Dez right now based upon how this, this roster is currently constructed.
2: I thought it was really funny. Uh, I get, you know, if you've been on social media, it's making the rounds. I mean, Dak has been working out with Dez, which, you know, obviously not following the social distancing guidelines, but on top of that, just interesting that Dak is throwing with Dez at Dallas area gyms right now. But the, the word going around is that Dak was telling somebody, you know, we need to get this guy on A team. Not... My team, not our team, like the franchise quarterback of the Cowboys, who you would think has that kind of sway, was like, Dez needs to be on A team, but not necessarily my team. <laughs> um, I, I had this argument with Jeff Cavanaugh last night. Like, if you want to bring in Dez to be the fourth receiver and go on the field in the red zone and be a mismatch guy... Okay. Like, you, I mean, that's fine. I don't think you need to. As But if you're going to do that, you need to draft a young, versatile receiver who you intend to be your third starter. Like, I, Dez Bryant doesn't need to have a starter's workload at this point in his career. Like, if you were going to do it, it would be as, like, a situational guy. But to Derek's point, that's just not smart roster building. I just I, – I don't see it. I can't rule it out completely because Jerry Jones hasn't, but – I don't see it, and I don't think it will. <laughs> I will
0: throw out this one caveat, right. though. I will throw out this one caveat, though. Uh, we do know that they're gonna that there are some changes to the rules in the NFL with regards to rosters and who can be on the roster, and how many players you can have. There are a couple extra spots you can have. Maybe the Cowboys have the ability to be able to make him their fourth wide receiver and not have him play special teams and have him be a specialty gadget type guy. Because of the fact that they have those extra roster spots. Maybe that works. I don't know. All I know is based upon what we've known traditionally about how a roster is built, I just don't see how he would fit in that in, in that construct.
4: Alright, so clearly seeing all these promotions, self-promoting with all these videos, working out with Dak hasn't changed your opinion on him signing with the Cowboys, but... We'll see what happens there. Here's the next question. Do you guys think that McCarthy will have more say in how the Cowboys do the draft this year compared to Jason Garrett? So basically, does McCarthy have a bigger voice in the draft room than what Garrett was able to do in previous years, see si or no?
3: I say, C. Mm-hmm. Si. I think he will because I think he's trying to let everybody know, his scouts, his coaches, what kind of team, what kind of players he wants. He's the one that said – Scheme doesn't matter as much as having good football players, and I think the head coach needs to make sure and let everyone know what type of football player he's looking for. What does a Dallas Cowboy player look like in his mind? And so, yes, I think he will have a little bit more say in that. Um, But I think Garrett did as well, but I I think McCarthy will probably have a little bit more say because they'll be looking. This is his first class to really build and shape what type of team he wants.
2: I agree, but I, I don't think he'll have a larger voice than Garrett did. I think he'll have a larger voice than what he's used to having because I think his arrangement in Green Bay with Ted Thompson was like, Ted Thompson was like, I'll buy the groceries and you make the dinner. Whereas it's always been a way more collaborative process here, even to the point where you would might argue the coaches had too loud of a voice. Um so I don't think he'll have a louder voice than Garrett did. I think he'll just have a louder voice than what he's used to.
0: And I agree wholeheartedly with Dave. That's exactly what I was going to say. So.
4: All right, since we don't fully know quite yet how this draft is going to go down, there's a lot of possibilities of it happening virtually because of the change in the process of how things are handled in this year's draft. Do you expect that to mess up with the trading process and how teams start trading this year?
0: No. See, not at all.
2: Go ahead, Derek. I,
0: I, I think one of the things, <laughs> one Why? of the things that I've learned, one of the things that I've learned just in what we do um, over this, over these last three weeks is, if you're, if you're somewhat good at your job, you learn how to adapt. There are always going to be varying circumstances uh, that change the dynamics of what you do. And if you're good at what you do, you'll adapt and you'll be just as good, if not better, under those new circumstances. Now, of course, this whole situation is a very different type of circumstance. But we've seen these types types of, um, of disruptions before. Again, not the same thing, but disruptions where what you're used to being able to do you no longer can do and so I think the company the the teams that are really good at technology the teams that are really good at knowing how to take advantage of technology they'll be just as good if not better this draft as they've ever been uh, maybe some of those teams that aren't maybe they won't be but I, I don't think this will change things for most teams uh, that are that are adept at being able to run their business you
2: know what I've learned in the last three weeks Even, like, setting up a podcast between four people remotely has its fair share of hiccups. We've had them every single time we've tried to do this show. We worked it out, but it still happens every week, every single time. And it's understandable, but 32 teams and the general managers and coaches of those teams are mostly of an age where, like, they didn't grow up with this kind of technology. They're not used to it. I think it's going to be a mess. I think people are going to be screwing up all kinds of stuff because it's so many moving parts to coordinate remotely. There's bound to be some flub ups. I don't know what exactly is going to happen, but I expect it to be a total cluster.
0: Well, the one thing we do know about this is you can always clear all those up by just picking up your phone and making a phone call, right? Like, So if there's ever a, a mix up with the other technology... The phone still works. You can still pick it up and say, hey, man, uh, thinking about this trade,
3: what are you thinking? You want to do it? And then figure it all out from there. So, But, it, I, it, Jer- Derek, it doesn't go like that. Jerry has two phones. He's got Cleveland over here with a second and a fifth. He's got the Jets on a second and a fourth, and they want this player. And what about call, call the Chargers back? you got all that going on. How
0: many phones do you think you'll have this year? I don't know. Maybe but, more?
3: But he won't, have, he won't have Steven and Will and, and those guys in the room with him. Maybe he will. I don't know how it's going to set up, but I mean, I agree with Dave. I, I agree with both of you. Yes, it's going to be better than we think, but there's still going to be all of those things we're talking about. There's a 15-minute time limit on the thing, and all of a sudden you're like, um, "Okay, just just do the pick." I think you'll see more safer picks, and you'll see a little bit less trading because it's going to be chaotic.
0: Yeah, there'll be some adjustments, no doubt about it. I just I have a feeling that teams that that again, if you're good at your business and you know how to make adjustments. You might have some some areas where you're like, oh, that didn't quite work as we expected, but you'll figure it out and you'll be able to come out with a, a similar to a to to same product as what you were able to come out with before. I just I believe ch- the situations like this are opportunities to show just how good you can be at what you do, and I think there will be
3: some teams that rise to that occasion. Be a big draft for Ben. <laughs> yeah, which our IT my, guy.
2: That's my. He <laughs> and Matt. Yeah, Ben. Ben is phenomenal, and you can see him. <laughs> Every year at the draft, you can see him all over the feed helping everybody. But if he's got to do that, right, right, if he's got to do it via phone, what the hell is gonna happen? I like. I just think I don't know. there, like, there, some teams are like. There's gonna be like a missed pick or two. There's gonna be some flow no. trades. I bet you, we won't even know most of the chaos because it'll be in the form of like failed trades that never made the public eye because. It fell apart right. because of bad
3: communication. I just, yeah, I think because it's the 49er be signal was busy. Yeah. Like, wait. Well,
2: I, where's our Wi-Fi? What's going on?
3: The one. Th- the one thing I do know is
0: I think this is shaping up to be one heck of a Deep Blue documentary. So, yeah, Nick, yeah. get on that. That was gonna be. This one's gonna be really, really good.
3: I'm just worried how we're gonna do our draft. Like, we're gonna do our coverage and our our stuff. I'm, In I'm, 20
0: years, Nick, you and I have never spent draft day away from each other. This is gonna don't. be very, very different for me. We don't have to. I mean, like, no, no, we do. We're following the rules. We do.
4: All right, well, it's going to be very interesting, but I think we ran out of time right now. So, Derek, just go ahead and close it out. All
0: right, we appreciate you. <laughs> we, we enjoyed the game. See you, know. We'll, we'll pick that back up next week. We'll finish <laughs> off that game next week and answer some more questions. We do appreciate you guys, though, taking time with us today, talk a little football. till next week, for Nick Eatman, Dave Helm, and Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com Radio.